Hello, hello, you all. Simply Nikki back here. I've been gone too long. I am excited to be here with you guys today with a new lineup. Um, we have our first guest on here with the Man Up series, and this is going to be awesome. I'm here to inspire all people. Um, I, I usually shout out to my queens. I try to motivate and inspire them, but a lot of people in the audience said they want to hear from the men. They want to hear what it is they have to say in order to get everyone else that extra push. So today, um, I have Jeremiah Brown with me, and also known as Black Tie Brown from Dayton, Ohio. Um, he's one of the local barbers that I, hold, I heard is one of the coldest. I've been seeing some of his work out there, but we'll still get more information from him. But Jeremiah, you can go ahead and introduce yourself in your own way to the Capturing Cell viewers. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, I was deeply humbled when I got the uh, information and the email from you uh, saying that you wanted me to be a part of uh, what you're doing with Capture Yourself. So uh, thank you again for the invite. Uh, but once again, uh, Jeremiah Brown, uh, Black Tie Brown, the, uh, I go by uh, Luxury uh, Grooming. Uh, that's something that I take pride in, you know, and, and the luxury piece is more so, uh, you know, me giving that uh, customer service, uh, customer service piece to the clients. You know, it's not necessarily a thing that I'm uh, that, that I'm throwing out there to be boastful or bragging about. Uh, but the luxury grooming and the, and the luxury service is more so uh, what I aim to do for the customers. That's more so an attitude. You know, I'm very respectful to my customers. Uh, uh, you know, there's no no arrogance about you know what I'm doing. I'm just here to, to serve the community. So. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you're a little bit low, but if you can speak up just a little bit on this next one. But thank you, um, Jeremiah. Yeah, he's humble at what he does. I don't know if you guys heard him, um, but he, he's all about the luxury service when it comes to serving as a barber. Um, how long, we're going to jump right into it. And so you're a barber now, but has that always been something that you have done or wanted to, wanted to do? Is that the career that you started off in? Well, no, no, not necessarily the career that I started off in. Uh, it is a career that I have ended off in in my journey, but uh, I've, wanted to, I've wanted to cut hair, you know, since about the seventh grade. I wanted to be a professional. Uh, it was always two things that, that, that kind of uh, tug on my heart. You know, I wanted to play professional sports, of course, like every kid, but 
unfortunately, that wasn't a path for me. You know, I, I wasn't blessed to, to, to have that journey. But I always said if I could go and, you know, have, have something else that I could do, you know, if, I, if that didn't work out for me, then I would jump into uh, professional barbering because my mentor, you know, I know he was a very successful barber in the community. That was just, he was always somebody I looked up to, you know, I liked the lifestyle that he was leading. And, you know, that was just a path that I always thought that I would be interested in uh, doing had I had, had the opportunity. Right. And I know you shared with me, uh, you know, prior to this interview that you were a probation officer at one point. How many years did you do that? And what made you decide to, you know, venture off and go ahead and go with being a barber? Um, well, yeah, I, uh, I had the, the blessing to serve Montgomery County uh, as a juvenile probation officer for 11 years. Uh, you know, right out of college, you know, just kind of trying to figure out your journey, some things that you're interested in, some things that you wanted to do or want to get into. And I knew that I was interested in criminal justice. Uh, I knew that I could have a, a impact on, on the youth at that point, uh, given the just, just some simple influence that I felt like I had at the time uh, with the young people. So you know, that was that was that was an easy career. I just I knew I wanted to be a professional. I just didn't know exactly you know what I wanted to do at the time. But like I said, like I said, I had, I had 11 years in Montgomery County as a pro, as a juvenile probation officer. I had a blessed career. Uh, I was able to service a significant amount of families. You know, help people. Uh, and really be a role model to some of those young people that I dealt with. Yeah, so with you doing that for 11 years, how hard was it for you to make the transition into being self-employed and your own boss and creating, you know, your own environment, your own life and career for yourself? How hard was that? Um, it, was ex it was extremely uh, difficult. You know, I have a, I have a uh, family of five, you know, so I'm, I'm responsible for making sure that there's some stability going on in the home. So, you know, whether it's, you know, food on the table, making sure those bills are paid, you know, you know, I, I need to make sure that happens. You know, my wife does an extremely uh, good job of being a, a good support system for me. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I really take that responsibility to heart, you know what I mean? So, you know, me making that, that, that transition, knowing, you know, what, uh, you know, what I'm risking, you know, was extremely difficult, you know what I mean? Some would say it was, it could have been a uh, selfish move or something like that, but, you know, it was necessary, you know, and it was, a, it was a necessary move, and it was a move that I made for myself, you know. I graduated high school from my mom, you know, that was something. My mom put a lot of, invested a lot of time and energy and everything into me, and so I had to repay her, I repaid her back when I graduated high school, I met my wife in college, we went to Central State. Uh, we both marched and graduated at the same time. Uh, we, had, uh, we had our oldest child around that time. And she was pregnant with my second daughter, uh, Chloe, at the time. And, uh, you know, we didn't know what our future was going to be. So I owed it to my wife and my family to graduate from college and become a professional. That's why, you know, I took that route to become a probation officer. And that was a great move. It was a, it, it was a safe move, uh, but the move that I that I did to become a barber, you know, that was for me. You know, I needed that too. You know, that was that was that was my outlet. You know, I used to cut hair for free. You 
know, at times. So I would do up the gas money or, you know, it was just something that I did after work when I was when I was a probation officer. You know, when I was blessed with the opportunity to get my license and, and, and uh, really consider things, you know, it, it was hard. And especially when uh, when I thought to do it full time and, and walk away from my career. Initially, I was going to do I was going to do it part time and, uh, you know, work full time as a probation officer. But, you know, my passion got in the way of, you know, me uh, continuing to have a full time job. And you know, I made the transition. And, it was probably the best decision I had ever made. Right. And you made an uh, excellent, excellent point about how, you you know, the things that you were doing for your mom or the things you did for your family in order to, you know, make them proud and finish some things out. But what I do like is that you're saying you have to do something for you. You know, being a probation officer, it was great. It provided money for your um, income for your family. But there was something more that you needed to feel fulfilled for you. And a lot of people, the reason why I'm glad you shared that is because a lot of people get scared and they hold their self back from, you know, tapping into those gifts or those goals that they want for themselves because of the expectations of other people. Um, right. So it can be very hard and, you know, but I also want to know, since, you know, generally certain jobs that we do, we do it because it, whether it's our ultimate passion, it's something that we're attached to, um, like even being a probation officer, there's other ways that you can mentor or help other people, but I'm sure that was just already instilled in you. So how do you use being from moving from a probation officer to being a professional barber? Now, how do you use your chair to motivate and inspire other people? Well, initially, when I was a probation officer, like I said, I, I, I felt like uh, I used my platform, you know, as a professional, you know, you know, we dressed up when we were at the courtroom. We were in full-blown suits, you know, and uh, I knew coming up, being in the Dayton area, you know, I didn't see a lot of professionals that looked like myself or, you know, a lot of young black men that were in professional jobs or had professional careers. So, you know, that was one thing I wanted to make sure that I, that I did for, for, for the young people and, and uh, I wanted to be a positive example for them, you know, whatever I was doing. So when I realized that, you know, I was not a probation officer, I was a role model. You know, when I figured that out, you know, I decided that, you know, I could, I, I could be that in any position. I didn't have to be a probation officer. I didn't have to be a lawyer. I didn't have to be a judge or, you know, or anything like that to, to be what I was already doing in the community so you know i use my platform to do what i've always done you know i've, I've, I've volunteered and been a you know peewee football coach at times you know and that was fulfilling you know so i'm just kind of living my life and, and enjoying it you know what i mean and, and being an example for anybody you know whether i'm at a barber shop whether i'm you know at a, at a peewee football game whether i'm at home or whether you see me on facebook with my family i'm just trying to really just kind of let people know that, you know, there's a life that, you know, there's a positive life. You can do things the right way and, you know, you can, you can have success um, if, if, you, if you follow the right people and you look after the right people. So, you know, you know, I, with the youth, I, I try to carry myself a certain way. I try to do things right. I try to give them positive words and encouragement. And even for adults, you know, being a barber, you know, we're, we're, we're building self-esteem for people, for, you know, for men. And, you know, I, what I really enjoy is uh, the transformation piece about becoming a, you know, being a barber. You know, I'm able to 
to um, to, to to renew somebody's. Um, I don't know their. Look, I, I, I get it. Yeah, whatever. Look, I get it. They feel like I'm a <laughs> person when I get out of that chair. Exactly. So, I mean, like I said, it gives them a fresh boost of, boost of energy. They're, they're confident. They're ready to tackle the world this week or whatever, you know, whatever they're coming for. Now, a lot of people don't, don't understand uh, the importance of, of, of professional barbers or groomers or, or stylists or, you know, these people. You know, where, where do people go or who do people call on when they're in their biggest moments, you know? course, you know, you want to go to your doctors and, and, and your lawyers. You know, they, they know these people are the people that get paid the big bucks, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're, you know, when you're having your most special moments, people are going to see their stylists, their barbers, their, their nail technicians, you know, when you're going to get married, you're going to prom, you know, those type of things. So, you know, we have, have an importance in our platform and our community, but we have to take advantage of it, and that's what I try to do. Definitely, definitely. You are so right because as a stylist, um, I noticed we become uh, motivators and influencers in a way, you know, it's almost like a counseling session sometimes trying to help, you know, because they sit in short time. Well, barbers they may not sit in your chair as long getting a haircut, but sometimes they're just, you know, trying to filter through life and through some things and they want to come get their hair done and feel good. And it's just certain things, you know, versus start off with the hair. I and mean, then sometimes you just pour life into them just with your spirit and your connection and your faith. Um, also, you know, with you having kids, you have five and so much going on in the world right now. Well, for years. No, I, I don't, listen, let's, let me make this clear. I don't have five kids. I'm a family of five. Oh, family of five. I'm sorry, you have three. I'm sorry. I don't want no more kids. Do you understand what I'm saying right here? It's a family of five. Okay, correction. You have three <laughs> family of five. Same here. So you can get that right. So with you having three um, and raising them in a world where we're still dealing with a lot of racism, how do you set that balance of, you know, teaching them certain things? Because it's kind of hard. I ask that question because as a mother, it's hard for me. Uh, especially with my kids being young, it's certain things I don't want to raise another gen. I don't want to raise a generation of kids to say I hate this particular race because of I want them to understand a little bit more. But I also I don't want them to be naive of what's really going on. You know, there's still hate in the world, and there are people that treat them differently. And you know, just the power that we can hold. So, what is your take? How do you um, set that balance or you know, deal with racism when it comes with your kids. You're absolutely right. I think you do have to have a balance, especially from our end, you know, because it's, it, you know, it can be sensitive to kind of see all the things that are going on on the news. So I think me and my wife will do a good job of, 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 of making sure our kids are aware of things that they see on the news and why they're happening. Um, but like I said, it goes back to, you know, like you said, you know, what, you know, what you're instilling in your children. You know, I want my I want my kids, I want to leave a legacy that my kids understand that, you know, you know, my dad treated people as he wanted to be treated. So they have to go on and, 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 and go by my examples or things that we put in them, you know what I mean? So, you know, if they do their part, you know, that's not saying that they're going to be able to change the world, but they're going to be able to play their part once they're out in the world or doing the things that they need to do. You know, uh, it's unfortunate with a lot of things that we have going on in the world. And I think if a lot of people take that perspective, um, and I think a lot of thing, a lot of the attitudes and a lot of the, uh, 
um, attention would be different. You know, the things that, that, that are going on now, these are learned behaviors, you know, yeah. these are generational. People are, people are um, instilling whatever, whatever is going on in these people's hearts that are, you know, causing the, the evils of, of the world or whatever, you know, this is being taught, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm teaching my kids you know, positive things, teaching my kids love on people, you know, respect other people as they want to be respected as well. So, you know, I can't speak on what other families are doing, and I guess that's the problem, you know what I mean? I guess that's what, you know, we get conflict because, you know, a lot of families are, you know, going different routes with, you know, what's going on, you know, behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's awesome you said that because you said leading by example, you know, we can't change the world. Um, we can try to make our impact in different ways. Um, but too, we have to start starting off in our own home and instilling certain things in our kids so they can go out and, you know, they're going to do their own thing, you know, but at the same time, we, there's still a lot of stuff that we can lead by example to teach them. And it's about love. Like you said, love goes a long way, loving on people regardless. Um, so that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that part. Well, you know, you know, being a young black man, you know, there's a lot of things that as a female, I haven't encountered or know anything about. But just from your life story and your journey that you have taken, what is some positivity that you can share to other men out there about basically just making your own way, finding a way out regardless of your circumstances? What are some, what were some ways that you were able to get through your toughest time in life? Uh, just having faith and stepping out on it, you know what I mean? Um, you know, you can't give up. I know people have dreams and goals. You know, you may need to have a backup goal. You know, I know some people want to do certain things, but, you know, maybe you need to have a have a part-time job while you try to pursue your dreams or your goals or those type of things. But, you know, just never give up on, on what you're trying to do and stay consistent, consistent with it. So that's the only thing I can say about, you know, somebody that's looking to uh, find themselves and, and find out, you know, what they're, what they're good at and what their passion is. You know, I think passion is really, you know, what will fuel, you know, your success. So, you know, if you, if, you, if you put all those things down, you know, you may need to make a vision board, you know. I don't do that. Personally, I know I hear ladies talk about those type of things. Right, but, yeah. You know, write those things down if it's something that could, you know, inspire you. And if that, you know, if that's your personality, you need to write things down, set goals and, you know, figure things out. That's what you got to do. You know, keep positive people in your corner that are going to uplift you, give you, you know, give you some good direction, uh, you know, help help steer you in the right way or, you know, just motivate you, you know. If you got people around you telling you can't do this, you can't do that, you know, those, those might be uh, people that you may want to take a break from. It might not be your season to be around those people, you know, if you, if, you, know, if you have something on your mind that you're trying to achieve or goals that you're trying to, to get to. I don't know if that answered. No, no, you're no, you're, no. That that's perfectly fine. So, what do you consider one of the biggest issues? Like, if you if you see an issue in our community, do you feel like uh, in a black community, do you feel like we're we're getting to a better place, um, or, or even just far as the men, like far as you know, finding ways out, finding positive light, or or even just the, the violence and street, all of it. So do you feel that we're moving in a better direction? Do you feel like we're uplift, uplift, uplifting, if I can get that right, each other more and encouraging each other, or is there work still need to be done? 
Oh, there's always work that can be done, especially with us, man. We got a we got a lot of work to do. We're we're nowhere near where we should be as a community, as a people. Um, but I feel like uh, you know we, we need to have more accountability with, with with the fathers in the home. You know, when I was a probation officer for eleven years, I probably dealt with uh, maybe. In my, in my entire career of 11 years, I probably dealt with maybe 10%, 15% of fathers. You know what I mean? Most of the families that I dealt with were kids being raised by their grandparents, kids being raised by their moms, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I really had encounters with fathers when, when, I, when I dealt with families. So, you know, that's important, you know, be involved, be connected to what's going on with your children. You know, that father presence is important. So. You know, like I said, I can only do my part, but I think as as a as a collective, you know, we need to understand that that's important. You know, uh, culture on TV shows us, you know, doing a lot of things, and you know, I, I guess it's a cool thing to have multiple women and this and that, which you know, that's not my business, that's not my place. But at the end of the day, you know, we need to make other things cool. And, you know, we need. This needs to be a cultural thing, having it, you know, being a, being a family man, you know, that needs to be cool, you know what I mean? That needs to be something that's important to us as a community, you know what I mean? Because the men in our community are important, and if we're not there, you know, we're, we're still you know, running around playing games and doing other things that, that aren't, uh, that, that are detrimental to our, to, to our families, and how can we be, you know what I mean? So. Right. You're so right, and and I'm glad you said to me because I feel like on both ends, male or female, the biggest struggle is for people to hold themselves accountable for their actions, their choices, things that take place in their life. And what happens is we don't take accountability, and so we make excuses of why we can't have, why we can't do, why we can't be better, and that's you know half of the battle. And so the other thing is the importance of the father. Like that is so so important, you know. And I I didn't experience having my father growing up, but I was blessed with an opportunity to be married and watch how my husband deal with my kids. And that balance is necessary, you know. I I can do certain things, but there's other ways that I need my husband to step in, or you know, just to handle certain things for the household that I may not handle like that before, and that may can cause conflict when it comes to the kids. So that balance. It's definitely necessary, and I, like you said, it's not it's not cool no more having a family and you know being responsible and having one wife or you know one girlfriend or whatever the case may be. So that's definitely important. I'm glad you shared that. I also wanted to add that you know we we have a hard time taking criticism or confrontation. You know what I mean? Like as a community, I should be able to. Call you and say, hey, Nikki, uh, if, if, if I feel like you're not taking care of a situation, you know what I mean? We should be able to be able to talk that out. And it should, we should be able to build and grow on that as opposed to if I if I bring something to your attention that's not, that I don't feel is, is necessary or, or right that you, you may doing, you may be doing. That shouldn't be, that shouldn't be an argument or, 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 or disagree, you know? goes back to the accountability piece where, you know, we should be able to communicate with each other and say, hey, man, you know, you might need to tighten this up, man. You know, your family is, is struggling behind this, you know, and a lot of times we're, 
our families break down, and I'm talking about the extended families, because we can't we can't confront each other. You know, if I have a cousin who's on drugs or, or doing this and that, I should be able to go to that person and, and just kind of let them know, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm with you, but, you know, you have to you have, you have to tighten some of these things up, man. You know, we should be able to be able to do that, you know, for each other and to each other, so that way we can all grow. But I think that turns into, you know, uh, arguments and families kind of not being close anymore. You know, a lot of families aren't as close as we used to do. Got be the uh, trends, uh, the traditions have broke down. You know, you don't see families getting together. You know, a lot of big families you don't see a lot of that anymore because families are falling out left and right over the simplest things. So, you know, just being able to talk to each other, you know, and, and, and not have misunderstandings. You know, those, some, those are some things that we can definitely work on or improve on as a community. Look, you had, had me over here. I'm about to, I was about to get emotional for a second because, look, the way God works is so amazing because it's interesting some of the things that I'm battling in my brain or, or that I know to be right or needs to be fixed that you're speaking out on. And that is not being able to or not being able to confront your family about certain things. When you see something ain't right, you know, you don't want to speak on it because they may take it the wrong way or be offended. But me, I've been learning here lately, it's about obedience. And when God puts something on your heart to do, whether they, you know, receive it right then and there or not, just do it. And, and with the big family, like I come from a big family, you know, um, and we used to be like, you know, family events, get together, all this, and then, you know, now it's just kind of clicky and this and that. And so I understand the importance of union and being together. But the good thing, um, what you're saying is we can work together. We can just start in our small circle within our family and build it together. Um, so thank you for sharing that because I'm like, yes, all that needed. All that accountability, you know, union, love. You know, taking criticism because criticism is there to help you grow. Because I remember being that person, like, it was hard for me to take criticism. I always thought it was like, why are you talking about me? Like, why are you saying this stuff about me? But really, you have to receive it in love. Because if someone came to you and is willing to share that with you, they want to see you being a good. So, um, is there anything, I don't want to cut you short, but is there anything else you want to share with people, uh, whether it's your favorite quote? Whatever it is that help and inspire you and motivate you to move on today. Um, I usually just tell the young people, you know, never cut corners. You know, I don't have this million dollar story about, you know, I'm, I'm doing all these big things. You know, I'm just a simple guy, but, you know, if anybody thinks of me and it feels like I'm, you know, might be successful in any way, you know, it doesn't have to be a financial thing, but, you know, if you, if, if, if you feel that about me, you know, one thing I take pride in in my life is I, you know, I didn't, I didn't cut corners. You know, and that's weird coming from a barber because we cut, but and that's why I tell the young people never cut corners. You know, you don't have to sell drugs, you don't have to, you know, wrong people, you don't have to rob people or do any of those things to be successful. You know, do it right the first time. You know what I mean? And then, and it'll feel better in the end. You know, so that's just one thing I live by when I tell the young people. Awesome, awesome. Don't cut corners. Process. Love on some people. You're you giving us all the juice. So if you didn't get nothing from today, I want you to take this from Black Tie Brown. Yeah, not bow tie. Black tie. 
Black tie. Black Not tie both tie. <laughs> He's a barber in Dayton, Ohio. And I, I'm so thankful for you sharing about, you know, with the Man Up series, um, sharing with us how you're leading the way. You know, there's a lot of work that can be done in our community. Sometimes it just starts with us, you know, taking a, a position and just leading by example and bettering ourselves. Um, so, you guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of Caption Self. There will be another episode for the next series with J.D. Grigsby. It will be on Monday, same time. And if you have any questions or want to share any feedback with me or Jeremiah, please drop a comment up under this uh, video and share it to other people. Until next time, you guys, remember, know your life, own your life, and control your life. Because at the end of the day, it's your story. Have a good week. Thank you. Thank you.